Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Oh, spring is supposedly here. NBA playoffs right around the corner. Gee, I don't know if spring is here. I've seen a lot of snow in the forecast. It ain't up north. I can tell you that. It ain't springy at all. <laughs> Seku Smith and Greg Anthony in studio here this week. GA fresh off a of call in that Thunder Celtic game on Tuesday night in Boston. Looked Ooh. wild and crazy. It was. I, I was honestly, man, it was a bit of a Debbie Downer when we you know, got ready to start the game because, you know, like nobody for Boston's playing. So, you know, you go in, we were ripping Kevin and I were talking about, like, you know, like three weeks out, we're like, oh, that's going to be hot. Right. Kyrie and Russ, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you thinking how hot it's gonna be. Then, then you got the we had basically what was it, the main Red Barons, <laughs> the, the Red Claws, the Red Claws, <laughs> and they put it on them. I mean, and I tell you what, that's a game that we might look back on right. in a couple weeks right. that could really cost OKC in terms of seeding, even potentially in terms of whether they make it because that. That's a that's a tough one to swallow. Yeah, and, yeah. and even as bad as they played, they still had the game won. Exactly. Exactly. Welcome to the Hangtime Podcast. Seku Smith and Greg Anthony here in Atlanta at headquarters. John Schumann will join us later in the show, as always. And we'll hear from uh, one of my longtime friends and former colleague, Jamel Hill of The Undefeated. We caught up last week, G.A., when she was in town as the uh, keynote speaker yeah. for a function of Hawks had. That's, that's my girl. People don't notice about Jamel. She is an old-school hoop head. Yeah. So, oh, no, she's a diehard. Yes, they don't she's know that. She's a diehard. I know everybody thinks that's she's a pundit. That's what's so cool. But she, she's like a sports junkie. <laughs> yes. You know, watching sports at the barbershop, which is. All she, the way back. She know it. She know the game. Yes, all the way back. So you enjoy that uh, conversation we had. It was pretty funny catching up with her and, you know, reconnecting with somebody you know for all these years. So. Um, but before Y'all go we get way back to look way. mid nineties, <laughs> we we laughed about it. Believe me. Um, but before we get into all that, I threw this out on Twitter earlier today, GA, and I'm serious. What more do the Rockets have to do for people to consider them the favorites in the playoffs? I mean, they they what are they, four games up on the Warriors yeah. in the West standings? They are playing out of this world. Ended Portland's thirteen game win streak Tuesday night. What more would they have to do to convince you that they're legit? They don't have to do anything to convince me. I've been tooting their horn for a long time. I came into the season. I mean, you think about it. Basically, everybody's found a reason to not want to say they're legit, right? Yes. And they've answered every call. They've been consistent. They've been great defensively. They've got superstars playing at a superstar level. They got the league MVP. They're great against other league Uh, teams. They've done it all. And I think the only reason there is reservation, and it's not for me, but there is reservation legitimately is because Golden State is the defending champs and they haven't not only have they not been healthy physically, mentally it's been a grind because yes. they are trying to go to their fourth and second yeah. final, yeah. you know, with their core guys too. You know, it's not a whole new roster. Their right. core guys, KD's only been there the one uh, second year, but, you know, that core, those three guys have been there for the entire run. So that that's a lot to have to carry. Now, having said that, I, I do think that 
Houston is by far their greatest challenge. And Houston probably will be the best team they've faced in this run if they stay healthy. If they stay healthy, yeah. Steph, I mean, speaking of health, Steph is scheduled to be back this week. Uh, KD with the ribs, you know, with the rib fracture, could be back next week. Yeah. No timetable yet for Clay. Um, Draymond has a, a hip. Point, Something could, uh, like a contusion. Hip contusion. Yeah. I mean, they got all this. Yeah. That hurts. Um, pelvic contusion is yeah. what it's called. Never heard of that before. That's when you fall on your ass <laughs> real hard. That's basically what it means, and it hurt. <laughs> I mean, if if the injury, We can say that on the podcast. We can yeah, say whatever we yeah, want. Yeah. With the injuries, and, and this is the second part of my question, is it a bigger disappointment if the Warriors or the Rockets don't make the finals this year based on what we've seen so far and what could happen in the playoffs? That's a great question. I, I, I still would say that if the Warriors didn't, it's probably a bigger disappointment because they were such an overwhelming favorite. And and if, if you think about the fact that this could be a team that's considered one of the best of all time, they lost the championship, they're up 3-1. Right. They won a championship where the team they played, two of their three best players basically didn't play in the series. Yeah. Terrific last year. But then if you then don't get there, that would be extreme. Because if you're Houston, you're going to be disappointed, but nobody's going to look at you right. and say, you know, you, you underachieved. Right. Because if they get to a conference final and lost a sixth or seventh game. To the Warriors. To the Warriors. Right. Then it's not. You know, as, who are healthy and clicking on all cylinders, we're not going to say, oh, they, they laid an egg, unless they do what OKC did two years ago. No, that's that's right. That's Other than that, now. we're not going to really put them – in that same category. But for Golden State, I, I think there would be more pressure and disappointment if they don't don't win it. No, that makes more sense. Yeah, I mean I thought about it as I you know, when I was throwing it out there on Twitter this morning, it was like because the Rockets have raised their own bar so high yeah. throughout the course of this season, but you're right. The Warriors expectation, not just this season but historically yeah. for that group, it's it's higher. Yeah, it it's is. Higher. And, and I think the other thing that's what what gets lost though in a lot of this, and I've said this, I don't know that the basketball world is appreciating the true greatness of James Harden and what he's done for the last four years. I mean, LeBron James is the best player in the world, but James Harden in the conversation. Do we have to reorder? You know, everybody we, we says could. like, you know, LeBron is number one, KD's two, Steph is three. Like, do we have to, uh, you know, listen, shuffle that order? Uh, KD is still KD, mm -hmm. and the thing about KD is he's become better on the defensive side of the floor. But nobody's ever had to carry outside of LeBron in this latest era of the game as much responsibility as James Harden. Right. You know, Russ did, but but Russ Russ's team last year wasn't a contender. True. You know, they didn't, is, and they didn't reach the limits. That the Rockets already have. Yeah. Yeah. In the regular season. Yes. You know, yes. now that, and I mean, Harden does it, man. He, he is, he's as good offensively as anybody I've ever seen. Wow. And like people, I, I, I was looking at some, my, my man was tweeting out Shannon Sharp and people going back and forth. And, and a lot of people were saying, you know, that Harden's better offensively than Kobe and this, this, that, and the other. And, Listen, Kobe's career speaks for itself, but James Harden is supremely gifted offensively. Yeah. Supremely. Yeah. Because when you think about it, he scores it 
like Kobe, but he also was up there leading the league or right there in assists. Right. Like right. he 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 is a phenomenally gifted offensive player. He's an offensive player. machine he's like, a for his entire team. Yeah. Like that dude and he's got the focal point of everybody yes. every night. Yes. And he still determines whether or not you stop him. Like he's gotten to that point and I think we need to and it's not like he is like people want to look at the failures they've had. But they've never really lost a series where they were the best team. Where they were favored, yeah. You know, like, you think about, we talk about this Golden State team. Steph's got two MVPs. KD has an MVP and was clearly the second best player in the league. You know, Klay Thompson's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Draymond's a perennial all-star. Right. He wasn't playing with that the last few years. Right. You know, he wasn't playing with all NBA performers no. the way those guys are. No, until Chris Paul showed up, and he didn't even Chris have Paul. another top 20 player. No. And so, like, that's why this team is le- le- legit, and it's a well-constructed roster. Yeah. Like, And, you know, we don't even talk about Joe Johnson. They just kind of putting him over there. He's chilling on ice, chilling yeah, nice waiting know, for the just chill. We're just going to let that bubbly keep <laughs> right. you on ice right. until we get to the postseason, then we're going to pop you. They, Harden, by the way, I know we got weeks left in the season. He is the MVP this year. There oh, won't yeah, be any, won't be any drama with that. Yeah, at I least. think that was decided. I think that's break. done. Yeah, I think that's done. And um, not to take away from what Dame Lillard and Anthony Davis and LeBron, for that matter. To me, that makes it even more impressive, though. Yeah. When you look at Anthony Davis' season, LeBron's mm-hmm. season, Dame Lillard's season, Katie and Steph both could, yep. could make cases in any year. Giannis. Giannis has been great. I mean, there's been a deeper pool of MVP candidates this year. And for him to separate from him the way he has, LeBron first and foremost, yeah, averaging triple doubles at thirty three, doing the stuff he's done, yeah. For him not to be able to close the gap on Harden no. tells you what. If kinda... anything, he's extended the gap. Yes, and and the, I mean, you know, I go back to this stretch he's been on because he's been in the conversation every year. Yes, I really thought he should have wanted Steph's first year. Not, and not that Steph did. didn't have, but he had a historic season. They won fifty six that year. But Steph's team won 67, and nobody thought they were going to be that right. good, and, and that's why I think he got it. Narrative. But statistically, his season he was head and shoulders above. Second now, Steph, nobody was he close to it. Steph the yeah, second he year. Earned that but he, was in, he had a hell of a year that year, too. Yes. Last year, people still feel he probably should have won it, even though Russ had a historic season. R- Russ is going to – Russ he, could he very could well it. average a triple-double again and might not finish in the top five. Yeah. That's yeah. what kind of year it is. Yeah. And so that just speaks to the level that these guys are all playing. It's unbelievable. It's it's impressive. It's unbelievable. We we really haven't seen guys impact the stat sheets statistically across the board the way you're seeing with some of these guys. Quality of depth is outstanding. Um, I mentioned LeBron James, the Cleveland Cavaliers, as if they ever go a week without some drama (laughs) or news. Um, First and foremost, hoping my man Ty Lue makes a speedy and full recovery from uh, his health issues that – have caused him to take an indefinite leave of absence. But Kevin Love comes back. Mm-hmm. They get a chance to, you know, get a sense of normalcy in in a wild time. Larry Drew, you know, taking over head coaching duties for Cleveland right now. Everybody's dealing with injury news right mm-hmm. now, GA, and, yeah. and different adversity. Do you think that Cleveland's stuff is magnified because it's LeBron and Cleveland? Or does it stick out to you more significantly with the coach being out? As opposed to a player or two. Uh, no, it's it's. I, I listen. LeBron is a franchise unto himself, and he he's so polarizing 
that he whatever goes on, you know, if he get an ingrown toenail, <laughs> we might lead off the podcast. You know, we we gonna we're gonna have conversation, and this stuff significant stuff, right? Yeah. Just like go. I mean, you know, you think about it, Golden State in a weird way, they flying under the radar. Yeah, you know, we not they got all those injuries. They got you know a team that has come in essence out of nowhere to overtake. Them. I mean. Houston ain't up a game. They up four. Yeah. You know, like when you play at the level that those teams are playing at, that's like being up eight or nine. Yes, yes. Because they're winning such a significant percentage of the games they play. So, like, that's – that's. I mean, that's monumental. But it's still the best player in the league, and most people, no matter what happens, until they see it, when you've seen somebody go to seven straight finals, you expect them to get to eight. Yeah. And and even though Tyron Lue, who, you know, we all hope and pray – because yes. this is a stressful business. And yes. Tyron will be the first to try to downplay it, but you know it's stressful. It's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see him get healthy. And and it, it's significant, but it's not, because it's not like their system is going to change. And, you know, I was joking the other day. I said, well, I guess they'll just take off the interim tag from LeBron, <laughs> you know, make it official, yeah. at least for the next week. Uh, nice. but, but their big thing is get – look, they got – major health issues too and it's more of an issue not more but it's a big issue for them as well because those guys still aren't fully integrated none of them have played with Kevin Love yeah you know you're right it's just gonna be interesting I I think normally we look at the end of the regular season and try and figure out when people gonna start resting up their big stars and all it's too much going on right now yeah too much what I call it last week March chaos yeah too much March chaos going on right now to you can't rest nobody that, you yeah. might not be in the playoffs if you're in the west exactly you could be three today and, and ten nine, tomorrow. And yeah. nine in about five days exactly it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be a wild ride down the stretch um and GA I mentioned earlier we we gotta uh dig in a little bit on this interview with Jamel Hill from the undefeated talking about March Madness basketball. Um, the history of the game, the current state of the game, and all sorts of other stuff. So uh, let's take a quick listen here and let Jamel Hill wax poetic about the game. This conversation started, what, in the lobby of the plane dealer in 1996-something? 1996. Yeah, let's tell on ourselves. Let's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. Um, 1996. We've been having basketball discussions and arguments for like 20-some years now. I know. Um, First of all, how are you? And how's the new shift in career from, from Sports Center to uh, the Undefeated? Were you hanging out with some other people? I know Mark Spears, Kelly Carter, and a lot of other crazy folks. Yeah, I know all of your, your favorite um, <laughs> folks here. I know it just feels like the band just getting back together. But right. no, this has been an awesome switch. I mean, see, Sekou, you actually knew me when I was a writer, <laughs> right? And a lot of people did not understand right. that that was my first love. That's what I was more trained to do than being te- doing, than doing television. And that's what ESPN originally hired me to do was to be a columnist. So to be able to return to column writing is a big thrill for me because uh, now I can do it with, you know, the maturity and sensibilities that, you know, I didn't have it during that lobby <laughs> talk that we first had that kicked off our friendship in 1996. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just feel um, so much more comfortable now, know my voice. And, yeah, it's just really great to bring both my TV and writing sensibilities together into this role. And they're just basically giving me a blank canvas and um, an opportunity to create not just on the writing platform, but also being able to do a ton of different type of TV at ESPN um, that is, you know, beyond just 
you know, traditional talking head. I can still do that. I mean, right. I can still get these hot takes off. Right? <laughs> but then being able to contribute to also E60, doing some undefeated specials. So it's just, it's a lot um, that I'll be able to delve a little deeper into that I wasn't able to do before. Right. Do you, do you look at the, the arc of your career now and kind of chuckle at the, you think about the, the stuff you covered when you first started out in this business, you know, in locker rooms, chasing stories and uh, places and then to you know go to where you are now I, I always look back on it and laugh like just <laughs> the hilarity of sticking it out because yeah. so many people don't stick it out in this business it's tough you know yeah. it's like the sacrifices you make um, the things you give up to do this I don't think people understand how much of that goes by the wayside you look up 20 years later and you've missed a lot of things and you know mm. that everybody else gets to enjoy no no I think it, that's the perfect way to put it What's crazy now is I actually enjoy going into the locker room now. That's what's so weird is that because I'm just like, oh, I remember this. This is going to be awesome to go in here and wait around and wait 20 minutes for dudes to get dressed, only not tell you anything you didn't already know. Like, that seems to be a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, you, you do. I do think about those moments and, um, you know, like reflecting back to when we were both interns in Cleveland. I mean, it, it also by the way, is um, something that makes you feel even older than yes. you actually are. Because yes. I remember uh, covering a lot of minor league games in Canton, you know, the Indians right. um, during that summer being a sports intern in Cleveland and Bartolo Colon was the high <laughs> prospect. And now look at this dude now. And uh, I talked to him a bunch of times. And so it's just... The hot pockets is what he is. Huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, my, my man, he, life was good. He ain't missing no meals. So... Um, so to see sometimes people that you covered at the beginning of your career and see where they wind up, it sort of, in a way, tracks your own evolution. Yeah. Um, but journalism has changed so much than when we started. No social media. So, uh, no, we right. didn't have to deal with social media. Yeah. We didn't have to deal with um, the digital competition that there is now. I feel like these journalists these days, they have to know a lot more things than we did. Yeah. That's not to say they're better than us, okay? No, I know but that saying. is to say that, that they had to learn about you know, taking video and podcasting and all these other elements. And while the basis of it is still the same, still writing, reporting, interviewing, talking to people, sourcing, that stuff never changes. But you just have to be able to disseminate the information like on six, seven different platforms and and really get the bang for your buck. So um, in a way, I was very fortunate to come along in the era that we did where we were just about to deeply dive into technology getting a little familiar with it, but not so much to the point that we were afraid of it and didn't know how to incorporate it in, into what we do. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean, even though journalism feels, you know, different, um, you know, I'll say the beauty of being at ESPN is that now, you know, when you go into those locker rooms or the relationships you've built over 20 years, you know, you're just, you literally are just talking to people, right? Like, you know, a lot of some of the blockades that sometimes that can be there between players and reporters, some of that is still there, but it's just much more organic, I guess, for me now. So it's more enjoyable. You don't have to worry about Albert Bell cussing you out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, boy, I, I tell people that all the time. Blame my 1996 internship in Cleveland for convincing me I never wanted to cover baseball. I never want to see you don't ever, uh, Kenny Lofton, Albert Bell. Like, the only person I liked out of that whole locker room was Julio Franco. That was it. Right. I mean, this guy was all right. Tommy was all right. But, man, that's a miserable 90-win team if I ever covered one. So you, I mean, I don't know if people notice it. Did you have a rich basketball 
heritage in terms of you covered Michigan State years mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. before they became the Goliath program that they are. I know now. it hurts you to say that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, oh, y'all, got, y'all got us this I'm, year. Yeah, I'm not going to mention who yeah, won the Big Ten tournament this year. And, back to back. And, and you know, the last 17 games, I believe yeah. the good guys are up. But, <laughs> but that's another conversation. But uh, basketball, you talk about sports writing and sports journalism evolving, obviously. How different is basketball Ooh. now compared to what it was when you were covering it? Man, remember um, – you know this, that a coach would lose his mind if a player ever pulled up for a three on a fast break. Right. Would lose his mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in a two-on-one situation, pull up for a three. Like the Steph Curry um, influence on the game has been, you know, even – see, the thing about LeBron is like LeBron's 6'8", he's 260. Like you can't really duplicate that. Right. And the way he plays the game is – in one of the most unique styles that we've ever seen. But Steph Curry, see, everybody thinks they can be Steph Curry. Yes. Because he's a smaller guy. You know, he he was the guy who only got one scholarship offer. And so people, there's an everyman quality about him. And so because of that, these kids want to duplicate that yes. all the time. And so you see, you know, you see somebody like LaMelo Ball taking 60 footers. <laughs> you're like, dog, you ain't Steph Curry. But in a way, it's great to see how the game has evolved. I mean, I think... You know, I'm definitely not one of these old heads that are just like back in my day, right. you know, when you was punching people in the throat every time they came <laughs> to the hole. Like, we had to come up out of that. You know, right. the game had to evolve. But I think the NBA is just in such a healthy place. Yeah. Like, it is if, – if the NBA were a stock, I would just double down and put everything into it. Right. It's a global sport. Frankly, it's cooler than the NFL. It may never have the reach of the NFL in this country in the sense that, you know, an NFL first world problem is the Super Bowl. Oh, only 100 million people lost right. the game, watched the game. It's right. on, you know, it may never reach that status. But I think in terms of the sport that everybody wants to be in on, be a part of, that they feel good about the progressiveness of the league. Everything about the NBA right now is everything in what is right in, in professional sports. I tell people all the time, too, that culturally players in this day and age are plugged in in ways that they just weren't. Years ago, I remember conversations in locker rooms when I first started covering the NBA, and it was like you could only talk to the old head. It'd be like one dude in the corner of the locker room who might be in his mid-30s, and you could have a conversation about things outside of basketball. Now, it seems like everybody is coming into the league plugged in socially. Is that just a product of this generation? I think it is. I mean, they, you know, information can certainly be weaponized for sure. But um, I think because they're much more savvy. I mean, even look at the way they dress, right? Like they're. I've had some struggles with the dress. (laughs) Even though, you know, it's not necessarily everybody's cup of tea. Right. Some of them, you know, wear pants so tight, you can see the quarters in the pocket, but that's okay. (laughs) You're right. Things happen. But. The thing is, they're coming in like already wanting to, you know, dress so grown up. And, right. you know, remember we were, we were there for that throwback. Throwback. I was, Carlos Boozer, one time I was covering again, Carlos Boozer was on the Utah Jazz bench with a Michael Vick throwback on. <laughs> you know and I was just sitting there thinking to myself, like, this dude is wearing a Michael Vick throwback on you know, the other team's bench. Man, think about how weird that would look now. Like, that would be, you would be laughed out the building if you wore a throwback. And that was. The dress coat, throwbacks, right. mink coats. Like, cats was going to the game like they was going to Veils. See how Veils on the circle. Veils on the circle. You see, you just, see that Cleveland. You just woke Cleveland up right yeah. there. All the Cleveland just woke up. But they were, I mean, but now it's just like they 
they come in with this idea of it's a business. I got to yeah. be a professional, which is I mean, that's not to say they always act professionally, but it is to say that there is some recognition on their part that they understand that they're a brand now and that they're representing things other than themselves. Um, and then just in terms of awareness, I mean, social media has made them far more aware. Uh, I think this I think in every generation, you have one or two athletes that follow the leads of others and much of. Um, my career uh, covering basketball, covering the NBA, they were following the lead of Michael Jordan. Right. So it was just be apolitical, worry about how many Gatorade ads you can have, how many right. Nike ads, worry about what, what your shoes look like, that kind of thing. Now, because of the social consciousness of uh, LeBron James being the best player in the world, and even, you know, by extension, Colin Kaepernick, yeah. guys are coming in with the thought that I need to have a platform and use it for something, which is a completely different mentality than I think the last generation of athletes had. No, that's a great point. Do you, do, you, do you look at the current landscape as well and think to yourself, where do they go from here? Like, who takes up the mantle after LeBron? LeBron is 33. I remember no. when he was 17. I, I saw him walk in the gym oh, and I thought man. to myself, man, this dude looks a little old to be 17. <laughs> now he's, like you know, certificate right now he's got a son that's getting ready to be in high school. I mean, like you, you blink and it changes, but who's, I know we wondered after Michael Jordan, who would take the mail. Then we wondered after Kobe, who would be the face of the league. Now we have to start asking after LeBron, who's the guy that fills that void. Well, and, even more different situation is that it's not just him. It's a collection of them that all came mm-hmm. in together. Carmelo, Chris Carmelo, Paul, Chris all Paul, of them, yeah. Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade yes. they've all stood for something in this, in this league. It's going to be very tough to replace him. Certainly talent wise. I think there are some opportunities there. I yeah. mean, you have a guy like Giannis that we've never seen before. Yes. Um, and, and other players, but when it comes to being that voice, I don't know if that voice has necessarily emerged yet. It may take some time. Wow. The good thing is that, thankfully, LeBron is in the best shape of his life. Looks like he's 23. Yeah, he's a mutant. There's yeah, no you question. know what I'm saying? As opposed to 33. And so, hopefully, um, and this has also been the beauty of him, is that he's always been willing to share that knowledge. Yeah. You know, maybe it is, because um, we forget that. Though they've been playing a while, um, you know, they they are separated by a few years, like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, maybe, maybe, maybe it's him. They got to um, get rid of the burner accounts, though. See, it, it was a phase. <laughs> and look, LeBron used to subtweet. So he Good knows. He, like, he may not have gone as far as the burner account, but he did used to subtweet. Or, you know, you look at Steph Curry. You know, you look at yeah. the Warriors. Like, all those cats are young. And plugged in. yeah, And, and plugged and in just and socially aware. Yeah. So maybe it's one of them. But either, the, either way, from a business standpoint, LeBron has shown them the model. The yeah. model of... Maybe you take a little bit less on the front end to be more in control of your destiny. Right. Always know that you can change teams and create your own path in the NBA. You don't have to wait for somebody. Uh, you have to wait for somebody to draft you, obviously, but you don't have to wait to be a free agent on somebody else's time uh, table. Maybe it's a Kyrie Irving. I mean, I, there, there are guys who feel like they're on the cusp of something, right. but I don't know if um, we're there yet where we can identify, okay, this guy's going to be the best player of the game and he's also going to be the best spokesman for the game. I feel at my elevated age that I prefer my athletes the way they conduct themselves now. Like there was a time when I was younger when I wouldn't have cared about somebody's politics Mm -hmm. or wouldn't have cared about what they stood for. Like, can you can you ball or not? Like, can can you get out here when the lights are on and make it happen or not? Now I look at it and I'm like, I want to root for the guys who I think stand for something more than just ball. Yeah. Um, is, is that a, is that a product of age or you think that's 
a shift in terms of fandom and how fans because I, I hear people all the time say stick to, stick to the game and this and the other and it's like nobody sticks to the game anymore. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever has really right if you look at our history i think it's a combination of age and generation um this generation of basketball fans they're they're pretty savvy and if you look at the diversity of the fan group uh, in the NBA, I think they want something different from their athletes and say the NFL fan wants. Because I mostly hear, frankly, the stick to sports stuff among football fans. Right. I don't hear that quite as much among NBA fans. I think a lot of it is that they're younger. You know, the NBA has one of the youngest uh, fan bases in professional sports. I think authenticity matters to them more than it does in other sports because your game is authentic. Yeah. Like before we even hear anything coming out of your mouth, there's got to be something that separates your game from everybody else's. And they dig that. Not to mention the players, their social pre- uh, presence, I think is much more inviting yeah. that you're getting a sense of who these guys are, even if it's in a funny way, you know, even if it's Giannis and the girlfriend and him letting us know a little too much about <laughs> what's going on in his life. <laughs> it's still a, a way that's endearing to people. So, um, I'm with you. Like now I want to know what guys have to say. I want to know who they are as a person. That's not to say that there are, you know, athletes who are not perfect, who I also enjoy, you know, seeing them play. But I think I just probably want to know a little bit, you know, more about them as opposed to, as you mentioned, like before, just saying like, oh, yeah, can he play? Cool. I'll just watch this based off that. I don't need to watch based off anything else. Finally, in wrapping up here with Jamel Hill of The Undefeated, everybody talks about where the game is headed, you know, the pace and space, which didn't exist. As you mentioned earlier, you come down and pull up for a 30-footer back in the day, you'd be chilling next to the coach. (laughs) Now, you know, the the game goes in cycles. I remember when, you know, coaches around the league were trying to implement fast-paced offenses, they got laughed at in the early 2000s. Now it's the rage. It's become the, the rage in the entire league. Is there possibility that we shift again i mean what else do you think could be next in a game that's really touched all corners we've had the era of the dominant big mm-hmm. you know we've had the the rough and tumble era that you know well with the bad boys and then the knicks and the physical age of the game now we have this you know seven seconds or less pace and space three-point <laughs> shooting like where would you go if you basketball in terms of your next iteration of the game well, it, it really it follows the players because physically they keep changing on us, right? And you see guys now, um, I think we're going to see guys play a lot longer because they're much more conscious about how to take care of their bodies. That's one part. Two is that I think we're moving toward a basketball game that is positionless where everybody is going to be able to do a little bit of everything. Like where you're going to have – um, you know, like Boogie Cousins, Boogie Cousins, the guard, a guard, yeah. right? And I think you're going to see more of that. Like the big men, I think, you know, like somebody like a Joel Embiid is probably a bit of a throwback because he's more of a back-to-basket, like physical dude. And there will always be room and space for those guys. But I think we're just going to start churning out more and more like Anthony Davis type of players. Yeah. Lanky, long, can do six, seven different things, can at times look like a guard, at times like so the positions I think are going to start to meld together to where you can't tell the difference between who's guard, maybe other than size, and who's actually playing the role of a four. So it's going to be crazy to watch because the one thing I love about basketball is that it constantly surprises you. A lot of other sports lose the ability to surprise. I think the NFL, in some respects, a lot of reasons why they're having trouble is that their game has lost the ability to surprise. Tom Brady's fault. 
<laughs> Put a Michigan quarterback behind the center. I'm going to blame a Michigan quarterback. But they, <laughs> I mean, the, the offenses have certainly evolved. Um, and, you know, defense is all that. But, like, I think there's there's some element of surprise that's kind of missing. But, you know, in basketball, like, that's just not the case. Like, I mean, you're going to – I mean, it's the, the three-pointer has completely changed the game. I don't see that process going back. Like, I don't see all of a sudden everybody's going to shut down that and then we're going to go back to the way it used to be. It's just going to keep going faster and faster. And I'm like, well, damn, how fast can this game get? <laughs> you know, as it is, you know, if you blink, you might miss like three possessions, exactly. you know. And so I just expect the game to continue to evolve, especially um, – as there uh, continues to be more international, you know, influence yeah. on, on the game. Yeah. And um, it's just, I think it's going to be really exciting, especially with these next, I would say two generations of players that are coming and who knows what might happen, especially um, if the NBA, as I expect them to decide to do away with the one and done. Yeah. I think, it's a, I, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. Everybody like, sees that coming. Um, who's on, who's on your bracket in the final four? I'm, if, if, if you don't have Michigan in your Final Four bracket, I'm, you know I I'm through with you. Look, I have said this before, and I'm going to say it again, <laughs> all right? If the choice was Michigan, rooting for Michigan or the fate of human existence, I tell all you humans, we had a nice run. We had a nice run. We did it while we could. Right? Salty. Salty. No, I'm never rooting for you. So clearly, I'm going to have Michigan State that in the is Final just- that is just pure evil. I, I, I have to say, I don't have the brackets committed to, to memory um, in terms of knowing what region is where. But Michigan State, um, I'm trying to think, it's Virginia. Virginia's not in their region. Um, Duke is, I feel like Duke is in their region. All right, so obviously I'm not picking Duke. So no, nobody. Michigan State, I like Virginia. Uh, I do like, I do like Xavier. I do. I don't, I don't even know who plays for these people. That's the curse of watching NBA basketball. Like, like I don't find out about the tournament until March. I know. It's terrible because I used to hate that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but at least I've been able to progress to the point where I start picking it up when conference play starts. Right. All right. And then I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll check them out. It don't matter who's in your back. We know you're picking Michigan State. No, I'm, I mean, you know, I kind like of do feel like spark. it's our, our year. Yeah. You know, I'm like, all of a sudden, uh, I'm trying to remember who the four seed is. And I'm like, wait, wait, who was it again? See, like, like comes at you fast. That. But, That's um, all right. That's all right. But I do, I mean, honestly, I, I think Virginia, the two teams I worry about the most in terms of, like, you know, who Michigan State might be potentially matched up against or if they were in their region are Virginia and Villanova. Mm-hmm. Those are, to me, the the two best teams I saw all year, two most consistent teams. I'm gonna get, that's all right. I'm going to get you a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> for the so I can burn it? So you can wear it proudly. <laughs> You ain't right. Go blue. You lucky this a podcast. I say something <laughs> real unchristian like to you right now. Jabel Hill joining us. I appreciate it. It's always good to see you. All right. Same here. All right. <laughs> GA Jamel Hill, cracking jokes. Yeah. You know, talking ball as always. Another friend of the program is joining us now. Our main man, John Schumann, with the Schumann stat this week. Schumann, what's up? Hello, what's happening? I don't know. What's going on? You, you shovel today? You, did you have to shovel? <laughs> Not yet. Once happy spring. This, like, I'm, out, I'm out there. It's still coming down hard up here. Oh, happy spring, my friend. It's going to be a, a two-session uh, <laughs> doubling uh, extravaganza. You may not have to work out, Shu. This will be your workout. <laughs> that's, what I, that's the way I think of it. No doubt. What you got All for right. trivia for us this week, Shu? So I was looking at the uh, playoff picture page, you know, looking at the, uh, map, the uh, matchups as they would uh, – as they would be if the playoffs started today, getting a little excited. So I started looking back at some uh, the previous several years of playoff results, mm-hmm. and 
found something interesting. So I want to ask you, first part of this trivia question is uh, a fill-in-the-blank question. All right. And the question, the uh, it's like this. For the last blank years, for each of the last blank years, mm-hmm. a team with home court advantage has lost a first-round series. So going back how many years, how many straight years has there has there been a sort of first round upset where a team that started the the, the first round on the road won a series? Hmm. I'm going to uh, say eleven. Seku, you I'm, got a guess? I'm going to say under that. I'm going to say eight. GA eleven years. What? Going back to 2007, 2007, what? 8, 9, 10, 11, all the way up to 2017, 11 straight years. Wow. There has been a sort of quote unquote upset in the first round. Last mm-hmm. two years, it was the Clippers. Both years as a four seed. You know, injuries obviously taken apart, taking place. Right. Two years before that, it was the Raptors losing, getting swept by the Wizards, losing to the Nets, also the Rockets. So we go back, you go back 11 years, you can find. Uh, at least one of the uh, eight teams with home court in the first round losing their Make first it round 12. series. Make it 12. <laughs> Most of that is four, four five. versus five. Yes. So here's the next question. How, how Can you name the last few first round upsets involving a one, two, or three seed? Man, you might have to go back to Wait a minute. the Rockets. Didn't, didn't Dallas – Pop San Antonio one year? Was that yes, not the first round? Dallas round? did. They beat him in seven. Yes, yeah. that was 2010. So that's going back okay. to 2010. All right. Dallas was a two seed, beat seven. Uh, I mean, was no, wait a minute. We're looking at the wrong way. Wrong way. Seven, San Antonio as a seven seed and beat Dallas a two seed okay, in 2010. Yeah. Right, right. But uh, more recent than that, there's been four first round upsets involving a one, two, or three seed. So that was 2010. So, so since 2011, there's been four. Mm-hmm. East or West? Or, or mixed? Uh, let's see. Uh, two in the East, two in the West. One, eight, two, eight, one versus eight, and two, three versus six. Didn't the Bulls pop somebody? No. Or the Bucks? Wait a minute. The Bulls got popped. They got popped by the Bucks, right? No. No, who was it? Derrick Rose got injured and yeah, Philly. No, Philly. Yeah, yeah. Philly. Yeah, Philly, Philly, yes. So 2012, that was the, the lockout shortened year. Derrick Rose got hurt. Philly advanced to the conference semifinals. Almost advanced to the conference finals because that series with Boston went to seven games and mm-hmm. was tight with the three minutes to go in Game Seven. All right, so that's 2012. 2011, there was a one versus an eight. Was that? Uh... Dallas Golden State? Nope. 2008. 2011. Oh, 2011. 2011. The one-seeded Spurs lost to? Well, they lost to an AC. That's, I did not know that. Oh, I these, say two, not. these two teams have played a lot in the playoffs in the last, you know, Was dozen years. Oh, Memphis. No. Memphis. Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, that's, that's right. right. I remember that. Dude, I, my, right, my brain's going blank on the playoffs all of a sudden. 2013, six seed beat a three seed in the West. This one I, I didn't remember very much, but uh, I, I sort of it sort of brought me back when I looked back at it. 2013, three seed. Three the three seed that year was Denver. This was post Mellow Denver. I thought it was, was Denver. A three seed. 
They lost to. Was it Utah? Uh, nope. 2013. 2013. It was the start of a run, eh, sort of the start of a run for a team that's very, very good right now. Oh, Golden State. Golden State. Golden State, right. That yeah. was the Mark Jackson year. That's right. Yeah. Where Golden State beat Denver. And then Denver had Iguodala. That was the one year where Iguodala was in Denver. And then right. he went to Golden State that summer. And George Carl uh, sort of accused him of being a spy or something like that, I think, if, right, was, right. if I remember correctely. <laughs> and then two, four, 2014, I just sort of mentioned it a little while ago. A three seed in the East lost to a six seed in the East 2014. I don't like you very much this one. Went seven games, went down to the final shot of the game, of game seven. Wizards? Nope. No. Was Boston in that? Nope. No, that wasn't. That's, final you shot, said 14. Uh, point guard for the three seed went up for a final shot and got blocked. I have no idea. To, to end the series by Paul Pierce. Was that in wasn't Indiana, <laughs> was it? Toronto. 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 Brooklyn in the 2014. Oh, Brooklyn. The one year that the, the Nets had. Pierce and KG. The one year the uh, Nets weren't terrible the last. Uh, yeah. They they won, they won a series. Yeah, they won. Unbelievable. They beat Toronto. Remember I don't even remember seven, that. Kyle Lowry sort of got. That Kyle was the start of Kyle Lowry's run. Yeah, with the, I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, that was Toronto's, you know, the start of Toronto being good. Uh, but they were a three seed and lost. And the following year, they were four seed and got swept in the first round by Washington. And then they I got to start cheating on. I got to start cheating on. Bragging that was this one was hard. Yes, I got to start cheating because yeah, you know what it is. So many playoffs. You know, series. My game. I got no yeah, it's, it's hard to go like, back to. The, think about it, I can't go. I can't get last year's first round. round. No, try to remember ten years of eight first round series. It's difficult. That's fine. Whatever you say. I'm just gonna start cheating. The eleven years like that. That surprised me. It's time I to cheat. Never that was the that. hardest one to get right. Yes, time to cheat. I don't care what you say, Shu. I'm cheating. I'm just tooting my own <laughs> horn. That was that was a, a total guess. Leave me alone, Shu. I don't want to talk to you for a week. Goodbye. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shovel. Come help. Appreciate it, man. All right. John Schumer with the Schumer stat. A stumper this week. Yeah, that was Let's a tough one. Let's hope, GA, that we fare a little bit better in bragging rights this week than we did in uh, the Schumann stat because that well, was we, we can't do better. One of us wants to do better. Well, we <laughs> need to do – one of us needs to do better, and I'm looking at him in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and one of you did. Oh, you did <laughs> oh, do better. No. 3-0 week for Seku. Oh. 1-2 oh. week for GA. We are tied. He oh. lives. Week 16. We are the both champ 24 and 18. Yes. So this like week it. we're starting Friday night on NBA TV, Nuggets at Wizards. Ooh. Ooh. That's a tough John Wall won't be back, so we don't have I don't think we have that to worry about. Um I'm going with the Wizards. Yeah, that's that's I kinda That's I gotta have it for the Wizards. Yeah, I gotta go with Can't the be Wizards losing games like that. Well the Nuggets can't afford to lose a game like that. No. That's one where you if you're the Nuggets, you feel like you gotta win, but they are just so bad on the road. Man. Yes. Bad on the road. I I'm gonna go with the Wizards too. I I wanna make up some ground. I wanna go back in the lead, but I <laughs> I gotta go with the way. There's a smart way to play this, GA. Now, yes, sir. All right, then going to staying on Friday night, Jazz at Spurs. Ooh, Spurs are rolling right now. Yes, Jazz are rocking too, though. Both playing well. Uh, man. Utah, Utah, trying to move up, man. They could, they could get home court in the first round. I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and pick Utah to pull off the upset in San Antonio, just for the, just for the sake of drama. They're due to lose, but I'm gonna go with San Antonio. I'm gonna I'm gonna go 
I don't know if they're going to win it, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> All right, then, going to Sunday night, the clear your schedule game on League Pass, Blazers at Thunder. Yeah. Dame Dollar against Russ. Yeah. Let's get it. Uh, I was at a, a Trailblazers Thunder game right after they traded for Nurkic. Mm. And Nurkic wreaked havoc on the Thunder that night. I'm mm. talking he was a problem. Mm. <laughs> And I want to pick them so bad, but I'm going with the Thunder. Yeah, the the Thunder tend to play to the level of their competition. Yeah, I'm going with the Thunder. And I, I think that's going to be a hugely important game. That's why last night was so big, too. Yes, yes. Because they could have been within one game yes. of Portland and they done what they were supposed to. Uh, I'm kind of with you on this one. I'm, I'm kind of... Leaning with OKC as well. All I need is a one-game lead. That's what I'm good. All I need is that. All I got to have is Utah do right. Do the right thing, Jazz. Yeah, that's right. I can't get but a one-game lead on this one. <laughs> do the right thing, get. Utah. Do the right thing. So that's it for bragging rights for John Schumann and his wicked Schumann stat this week. For Jamel Hill of the Undefeated, appreciate everybody joining us. We will be right here next week. In the same spot, if you haven't already, subscribe to The Hang Time on Apple Podcasts for new episodes all season long. Don't forget to leave a review, and we will see you right here next week on The Hang Time Podcast. Thanks for listening to The Hang Time Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say kuna matata. <laughs>